Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of Blitzcast. This is your host, Brendan Bolin, and today I'm joined alongside my Kentucky boy, Angelo Carriero. How you doing today, my man? I was doing better until I started talking to you before the show. It seems like for this draft that you've got yourself quite the idea, so now you got me a little worried. Oh man, dude, this is this is such a stacked draft and this is I mean, these are my players, man. This is the the league I'm growing up in, so I I have to nail this one. You beat me last week and there's just way too much talent to lose this week. We're doing the 2016 redraft, folks. So, as of right now, I believe our score is 1-1. So this this one's gonna it be it's gonna be a little tiebreaker and Angelo I'm I'm ready for you to go down brother. All right, well you uh, so last week uh, you had the first pick you will have the first pick again this week and then I will have the first pick next week when we do 2007. Okay, Perfect. so that's the way it is going to go this time again just a head to head style uh, draft for those that have been listening the last couple weeks so. Uh, we're just comparing each other's teams and who would beat the other one. So without any further ado, Brendan Bolin, you are up with the first overall pick. Yes, and, and just another reminder, since I'm getting the first pick, Angelo gets two and three. And then we alternate from there. Yep. All right, so Angelo, I think this first pick's obvious for me. You and I have both consensusly agreed that this is the most valuable man in the NFL that is not a quarterback, and that's Tyree Kill. I, th- I think Tyree Kill is the... One player on this board that changes every single last element of your offense simply by just having himself on the football field. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He opens every aspect of the game up for you. There's nobody in the league that can do what Tyreek Hill does. And, you know, I'm I am very, very comfortable getting Tyreek Hill. I, I'm a little bummed because you're going to get back-to-back, but there's nobody you can get that can do what Tyreek Hill can. That's true. I mean, Tyree Kill, for those that, uh, that that don't know, I, I think that Tyree Kill has been the best player in football the last couple of years. I, th- I think that a lot of people would be shocked by that. They would say Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Donald or Tom Brady or whoever, whoever your preference is. Uh, the guy's a six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first team All-Pro, one-time Super Bowl champion, 2010 Hall of Fame team. Uh, a Hall of Fame uh, team. He, he's just, I mean, he's made the Pro Bowl every year, whether it be a returner or a wide receiver. He's really great in, in getting touchdowns, at least in 2018 and 2020 with 12 and 15. I just, I, I think that the way that he impacts a game is more dynamic than any other player in football. No, I, I don't think there's anybody that has a higher percentage or chance to score at any point on the field other than Tyreek Hill. So this is a guy that can, you know, if I need a touchdown in about 10 seconds, he can do it for me. So Angelo, picks two and three are yours, my friend. All right. Well, the next pick, I feel the same way in terms of it being obvious. I figured that these two players would go 2-1 or 1-2 in some way. I'm going to take Derek Lamar Henry (laughs) Jr. Of course you are. I I knew it was going this direction. I mean, it had to, it. It couldn't be anything else. I mean, if you look at Derrick Henry's career, he's arguably like top five running back of all time. I'm talking about if you include high school, college, and pro. I mean, he's truly a legend of our time. And 
Obviously, he's one of the few running backs to ever have 2,000 yards. He was the uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year, first-team All-Pro, Pro Bowler in tw- then that 2020 season. The year before that, he was second-team All-Pro in Pro Bowl when he really broke out. Uh, he really broke out at the end of 2018 when he had that huge game against Jacksonville, and his career has just been a, a rocket ever since. And it's unfortunate that he suffered his first injury of his career last year. But if we're talking – Talking about players with, you know, offensive ability that can absolutely carry an offense. I mean, it's undoubtedly uh, Derrick Henry is not only the best option in this draft, uh, but one of the best options in any draft in terms of being a one-man offense. No, 110%. I mean, I know how we both feel about Ryan Danahill. He has Derrick Henry to thank for his his, uh, reincarnation of his career, I would say. But no, Derrick Henry is part of, I mean... I, I think you could make an argument that the 2,000-yard rusher club is one of the, if not the most elite club of you know individuals in the National Football League. Only eight players in the history of the league to do it. Eight players, and he's one of them. So, uh, Angelo, I was I was really hoping that you were gonna just for some reason not make this pick because it was it was a- absolutely the right one to do. Yeah, and in this next pick, I really. This is a time where I, I think that I should consider strategy, but I think there's a player that's transcendent enough on the board to to usurp this this strategic play. Don't do and uh, you got Jalen Ramsey. Or no. You got Tyree Kill, so I'll pick Jalen Ramsey. Dang, <laughs> oh, it. I, dang I, it. I skipped it up there. But, yeah, I got to take Jalen Ramsey here. I mean, he, he's, he's going to end up with having a career resume that's one of the best ever for a cornerback, and he's always been thought of this way. I mean, he was defensive rookie uh, of the year runner-up his, his rookie year. Then it was first team all pro. Then he was a pro bowler. Then he was a pro bowler. In the last two seasons, he's first team all pro both years. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's an absolutely elite talent. I don't, I, I, there, there's a strategic play I could have went with. And then there, there are a couple other good players or great players on the board. But when it comes to getting, like we said, uh, when you're, when you're talking about this draft, uh, 20 years from now, Jalen Ramsey is going to be one of the first names off the tongue. No, absolutely, and I, I know exactly what direction you're talking about with strategic, but when a guy like Jalen Ramsey's on the board, you don't pass that up. I feel like uh, the term, you know, Hall of Fame talent gets thrown around way too loosely today, but Jalen Ramsey is somebody that is is solidified himself as a Hall of Famer to consistently be the best player at one of the hardest positions to play in the National Football League. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is a dog. He is the textbook definition of a dog, and he was the perfect pick right here. Oh, Angela, I was really, really hoping you were going to go another direction because I needed Ramsey, but we'll work around that. We'll work around that. We'll see if you can. We'll see if you can. But that's the, that's the thing. I, you know, taking Tyreek Hill one, I figured it was either going to be Hill or Henry at number one. Uh, but after, after getting Derrick Henry, I just... You just can't you just can't pass on Ramsey, man. He's that good. No, absolutely. Well, that leaves me with number four. And you know, it's it's interesting because there is so much talent in this draft. I just I, I don't necessarily even know what direction. There's two players that I really want to get and I think I'm going to have to go with strategy right now. Uh, I can't lose back-to-back weeks. It's not in my blood. So I'm going to make, I'm going to put you in a hole early. I apologize in advance. Not really. But I'm going to take Michael Thomas. I know he hasn't seen mm-hmm. the field. And, you know, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's been, 
it's been almost this this will be coming up on year three of you know not playing a full season or something like that so it's it's just truly unfortunate because Michael Thomas was at the time the most his nickname was can't guard Mike because you couldn't guard Mike he he broke the NFL record that was standing for what almost 20 years from what was it uh, Marvin Harrison's record for most consecutive or for most catches in a season and he mm-hmm. was finally able to break that. He was Offensive Player of the Year in 2019, two-time first-team All-Pro, a three-time Pro Bowler. He actually led the NFL in receptions twice, and he was the reception yards leader in 2019. So when he is on the field, that's that's my uh, emphasis on when he is on the field. He's absolutely, undoubtedly, one of the best football players in the NFL, not even one of the best receivers. So to get Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas... You're gonna have to have one heck of a secondary to slow me down. So I'm I'm happy having Hill and Thomas on my football team. And I think Michael Thomas is one of those players that uh, I, I truly think that his peak, like no matter what happens to him going forward, I think that you're you this selection is worthy. I mean, starting off from his rookie year, I mean, 92, 1100, nine touchdowns, and then just being triple digit you know, catches for three straight seasons, including a historic 2019. I I don't think that you can go wrong with, with that pick at all. And after I got an offensive player of the year in 2020, you get the one from 2019 just to show how great this draft class already is. No, absolutely. And, and I, I'm, I'm super excited to see where you go with your next pick because it's going to completely decide how I attack the rest of this. Oh, that's fine, and, and I think that uh, we will see how this goes. Uh, I just wish that I could have a fun offensive team for once, but you're so <laughs> selfish. It is unbelievable. Um, did not know this guy was cousins with Jake Kumaro. That is that is funny to me. But um, I, I've got to go with a player that was, before Kyle Pitts, my highest-graded player of, of the last decade for me, or at least half-decade. Uh, from this draft, it was him and Kyle Pitts as the guys that, that really impressed me the most uh, ever watching tape, and that's Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. Wait, he's Jake Kumaro's cousin? Yeah, I didn't know that. I just <laughs> saw that on a pro football reference when I was looking this up. <laughs> um, he, he was the 2016 AP uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, I think that maybe some people would expect him to be a little more quote-unquote dominant even though that he is that four-time Pro Bowler, was Rookie of the Year. But he's had four double-digit sack seasons, and the only ones that he really didn't was when he wasn't healthy. And even in 2016, he missed four games and still put up double-digit sacks. Uh, he's had multiple double-digit tackle for lost years. He's he's very, very uh, solid. I, I think that the, that was the one complaint coming out of college was that he wasn't a quote-unquote natural pass rusher but I always thought that he was effective and his run defense was just so elite and I think when it comes to Joey Bosa that though the the stats don't he's not like Miles Garrett or Khalil Mack or Vaughn Miller when it comes to stats I think as a football player he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league just from or you know edge defensive linemen whatever you want to call it but uh it just one of one of the best overall well-rounded um, defensive linemen in the league. No, one hundred percent. I mean, only had two two seasons since joining the NFL where he didn't have double-digit sacks, and I, I think since having his his brother come into the league, that the attention's kind of shifted a little more on towards Nick. But Joey Bosa is just one of those people that are consistently dominant when he's on the field, even if the numbers aren't aren't necessarily there. He's one of those players that. 
He's constantly getting double teamed. You go watch the games, you see the impact he makes, even if it's not necessarily in the in the you know box score. So you absolutely got yourself the best edge rusher in this class. And Angelo, I I cannot let you get this this godly front seven again. I'm sick and tired of it. Every single week you have had just it, it would literally go down as the greatest front seven in the history of football if it was all on the same roster. So I mm-hmm. got to make sure that I get the best defensive lineman left. And in my opinion, that's DeForest Buckner. Uh, I it, I haven't had an opportunity to really get that dominant defensive tackle. And I think I finally got that in DeForest Buckner. I mean, first team all pro in 2020, second team all pro in 2019, a two-time pro bowler, uh, made the all-rookie team. I, I definitely think that this is the best pick for me to make if I'm if I want to build up that front seven. Uh, even playing from the interior, he's had a 12-sack season, a 9.5-sack season, two 7-sack seasons. Truly, truly dominant. He got that huge contract with the Colts, and he it has proven to be one heck of a signing. So I got to make sure that you do not get the best interior lineman in this class. It's finally my turn for that. Well, it's it's nice to see that you actually value the trenches. For everybody that doesn't know, he was a wide receiver back at, back in the in his olden days, and even with his uh, college now. So he's never appreciated the lineman like you know yours truly does. So it's good to see him finally take a take a page out of the old uh, out of the old playbook from me. I I have no I honestly no clue which direction you're gonna go right now. I, I think it's I, I think it's fairly easy. There's a uh, player on the board that let me go ahead. Let me Unless carry the one. There's a there's a player that's a first team All Pro, third and defensive player of the year, a second mm-hmm. team All Pro, and uh, led the NFL in interceptions twice. And with your elite wide receiver core, I cannot pass on Xavier Howard here. Ah, mm. uh, see I. I knew I was going to bite myself in the butt by taking Mike Thomas, but hey, we, we got a battle. We got a battle going on with this secondary and receiving core. I mean, this Tyree Kill versus Michael, or Tyree Kill and Michael Thomas versus Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard is is infinitely, it is super, super Go interesting. Go get your popcorn, folks. Like, come on now. I mean, at least, at least I can. I can say if anybody's like, you let him get both those receivers, it's like, all right, look at my second. Yeah, go, go, look, at who, look at who I got, buddy. No, Xavier Howard is like the textbook definition of a ball hawk. I remember for, for a little bit, you remember how everybody was like, oh, Trayvon Diggs isn't good. He just gets a lot of interceptions. I remember mm-hmm. it was it was kind of the same thing with uh, with Xavier Howard back in 2020 when he had that 10 interception season. I remember everybody was going crazy saying, you know, 10, but... Oh, dude can't cover to save his life. Wrong. Xavier Howard has has proven why he got a big contract. I remember there was that that issue where he was like, "You better pay me, or I'm I'm out of here." Miami mm-hmm. finally got his contract because he was more than deserving of it, and uh, you you absolutely got yourself one of the scariest players to throw at in the National Football League. You know, in his, uh, in his, let's see. In his career, so since 2016, obviously, that's the draft we're doing. He has 71 pass deflections oh, God. in 72 games. Oh, my gosh. He's deflecting a pass a game on, on top of being an, an insane interception. Like, yeah, when you see that he was only a pro bowler with five, what? 27 career picks on top of that. 
Right, and that's with uh, last year making the Pro Bowl with the ho-hum five-interception season. That's literally just because he has a 10 and a 7 on his resume. No, I'm really happy that, uh, by the way, his birthday is on July 4th. So that is interesting. It's coming up soon. So happy early birthday, Xavier. But, no, that's that's the pick that I wanted. I was really happy to see you go defensive tackle with the last pick so I could secure the secondary. I, you, you, that's a fantastic pick, Angelo, and I, I'm, I'm hitting a wall because there's a player that I really, really, really just don't want you to get, but there's also a position, uh, a position where, depending on how you look at it, it could be a drop off. But I mean, if we're talking about primes, you know, I, I'm comfortable. Are right. you? You don't sound comfortable. You're gonna call this a reach. I'm going to do it. You might even think there's a better player available. I'm doing this strictly because this is the player I told myself I have to leave this draft with. I absolutely have to do it. Unless you know ball, this guy's criminally underrated and has been since joining the league, and that's Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, mm. I, in my opinion, truly is, if we're talking coverage-free safeties right now in the National Football League, I'll make an argument Justin Simmons is the best doing it right now. He has been so unbelievably locked down for Denver since like 2017. I mean, they run single highs with him, and he gets interceptions on interceptions on interceptions. He's not necessarily, like, he's not a guy that's going to be on any highlight reel for his big hits, for his, like, highlight reel interceptions, but he just is one of those safeties that understands an offense so well. He's just always in the right place, always at the right time. He's never the one responsible for blowing a coverage. He has been like the heart and soul that has kept the the Denver Broncos secondary so dominant, you know, ever, ever since that Super Bowl run, you know, when he was able to take over for TJ Ward on that super dominant defense, he has truly stepped up and become, in my opinion, the best coverage free safety in the NFL. Stati- awards wise the last three years he was uh 2019 second team all pro, uh, first second team all pro uh pro bowl and then second team all pro again and his interceptions have arisen he has had uh, 14 interceptions over the last three seasons including uh 36 pass deflections i mean he's really come into his own in his athletic prime this 26 through 28 i mean he has shown himself to be uh one of the best safeties in all football. Yeah, and he's 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 six two, so he's not like the tallest guy in the world, but he plays so unbelievably rangy. I mean, he looks like he has those tall for a safety. Yeah, he he just has like those Kevin Durant arms, though. You know, like he will make a play that's fifteen yards away from him, and it doesn't even look like he's necessarily moving. He's just leaning over and can reach so far away. You that and that's something you being up on being right there in Denver kind of like I know who Justin Simmons is obviously I know he's been one of the five best safeties in football the last couple of years like I know that but my intimate knowledge of his like I and I knew that he was more of a coverage guy but I just haven't been around I don't mm-hmm. know him as well as you guys do whereas like maybe our side our neck of the woods out here in Kentucky uh, Jesse Bates would be kind of like a comparison and which right. we That's, we all feel you know Jesse Bates is underrated and whatnot that is a fantastic comparison I mean seriously two guys that uh, both went under the radar for, radar for so long even though being like top five safeties in the league well you're gonna you, you you left me with the guy i wanted and that's chris jones okay yep i i'm fine with that i i don't want you to have him but as long as i got my boy simmons but he said i'm fine with that well he, chris jones is a, a three-time second team all pro 
and a three-time Pro Bowler uh, in Kansas City. He also had a 15-and-a-half sack season in the last couple of years. He's had nine, seven-and-a-half, and nine. He's uh, he, he could be a tad temperamental, but uh, I actually, and I know this may be shocking, and, I, and I'm down to be wrong, uh, but I thought he was the best defensive tackle in the class. I like mean, over can, DeForest Buckner? Though I think it's splitting hairs. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think you could go to anybody and say either or and get like a, a visceral reaction. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you've got, you, you're starting to build a quite a team, but with my first five picks, I've got an elite secondary to, to stop your guys. I've got two, I think, elite defensive linemen and then Derrick Henry spearheading my offense. So five picks in, I feel good. Uh, you should feel good. See, this is this is the problem. You always like I I just know. However, this ends up. Even if I somehow attack front seven the rest of this time, you're gonna end up with just a godforsaken legendary front seven. Doesn't matter. It, it's gonna happen. So well, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> where you go from here because hmm. I think the draft kind of opens up at this point. No, I agree. I agree. Honestly, I I might have to just go with my my. You know I'm an offensive boy. I might just have to go with my heart, and I might have a little bit of homerism. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm going back-to-back homerism picks. You're, I don't know if you're going to like this pick at all. In my opinion, I mean, you, you, you can make an argument for being the second best at the position, but I'm going to take Jack Conklin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, can... I did not see this coming. Oh, absolutely I, I, For some reason, I was thinking of someone else, and I was surprised, but of course you would take Jack oh, Conklin. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Of course you would take Jack Conklin first. Yeah, there's another guy where I'm like, oh, if you take him, yeah, I mean, probably should, but this guy, if you are if you're, if you want to value all pros, this guy has one more than the other, but uh, a two-time, yeah, two-time first-team all-pro, and dude, when he was healthy with the Browns, he had that, like, sick elbow injury that kind of took him out early, but... When he was healthy on the Browns, he was like that final staple to like what made the Browns line so unbelievably dominant. Like I I don't know if he's going to be able to make a comeback with us because of how, you know, kind of gruesome that elbow injury was, but he has started every single game he has ever played in the NFL up until that week 12 injury. So First two-time first-team All-Pro, 79 starts out of 79 games. There's really only one other player I could see for an argument with this pick, but my boy was on my Cleveland Browns, so I have to go with Jack Conklin. I Coming out of the draft, now there are certain things, because this was when I kind of really re-engaged in scouting. Uh, I, I remember I like I was one of the only people that had Derrick Henry as my number one running back mm-hmm. like in that class. So you have to understand how fulfilling it was to see me <laughs> stick with that take and it be right all these years later. Uh, Jack Conklin was someone that I had him as a second round talent. I thought he was an elite run blocker, but I thought that he was really terrible in pass protection. So to see him get two first-team All-Pros, it it just kind of is one of those where it's like I liked him, but I also feel like that I was wrong, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, you got got half and half. You know, he is an elite run blocker, but, you know, sometimes they just come into their own. Well, I would – I had – a couple tackles ranked ahead of him, but you know what? I can't. I can't say you're wrong. Two first. I'm. A, I'm someone that values first team All Pros, and to have two of them, well, you're just in that mix. So, I am now. 
I'm not struggling. That's not the word. But I, I like I said, I think the draft is really opened up here. I think that what I'm going to have to do is pick Kevin Byard here. Ah, great pick. And the and the reason why is because you took Simmons, and the, the safety class doesn't get bad after this, but they definitely were the top two. I don't think that I could afford to let you get both. Mm-hmm. So here I'm taking a guy that, a lot like Jack Conklin, uh, didn't make a Pro Bowl outside of two seasons where he made first team All-Pro, and that's the same with Conklin. Uh, 2017, his second year, eight interceptions for Bayard, first team all pro in a Pro Bowl. And then he kind of bounced back last year after, you know, kind of a, you know, like I said, no Pro Bowls from 2018 to 2020, but he bounced back last year, first team all pro, Pro Bowl. Like I said, couldn't let you have Justin Simmons and Kevin Bayard. So I'm happy with the Kevin Bayard pick here. You are a very, very smart man, Angelo, because that was 110% going to be my next pick without a doubt. But arguably one of the best ball hawking I don't think arguably he's one of the best ball hawking safeties and he's been doing it since since he played at Middle Tennessee it holds the the interception record there I believe actually and was the was the interception leader that 2019 season when he just exploded onto the scene and uh, I believe actually he is 2017 res- yes yeah yeah and then in uh I think he is the one that has Tom Brady's last pass as a Patriot. That's a pick six. So that that's a cool little thing to have mm. on your resume. So yeah, make me like it, th- this pick more and more. Okay, <laughs> I'm digging it. Uh, no, that's that's a fantastic pick, Angelo. It would have been very very difficult throwing the ball it, had I gotten Kevin Byard as well. Like both of us would just be running the rock constantly. So I know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm actually surprised. That's kind of one of those where reading the reading the room. You know, was I going to pick Jack Conklin in a top heavy offensive tackle class, or did I really want? the last truly great safety available. So, you know, I think a quite miscalculation on your part, Brendan. Are you oh, starting I, to, are you starting to uh, seize up again, buddy? <laughs> like this happens to you sometimes when you're drafting against the goat. So <laughs> just curious. Hey man, some, hey, it happens. It happens, but we're good, baby. We're good. See, I'm, I'm deciding between two, two, two gentlemen at this moment in time. And it's just, where do I see it going next? I, don't give me too much dead air, Bolin. Come no, on, I, let's, right. let's hear it. So, okay, I don't think this guy is. The stats may not show how dominant he is, but being a Browns fan, knowing what he's done, seeing what he did last year, on top of that, uh, I, I truly, fullheartedly believe that this is the best edge rusher left, and that's Matt Judon. Like I said, he's never. Other than last year, I mean, he had twelve and a half sacks last season, which was far and away statistically the best season of his career but other than that was four sacks eight sacks seven sacks a nine and a half sack season but dude so unbelievably dominant last year the dude in the red sleeves as they called him was a menace to society and not only was he incredibly dominant at pass rush last year the reason that the Patriots brought him in is because he's so good at setting that edge and he is so fast so you you do not like to run the ball to the outside against him and you know, I've been worrying so much about that secondary already. I only got one defensive lineman in DeForest Buckner. I'm going to take Matt Judon, who is a three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, 47 sacks in his career, nearly 300 tackles, seven forced fumbles. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the, the... I mean, there's a guy that has just had such an up-and-down career after that, but Matt Judon has, like I said despite the maybe lower sack numbers, has had such a consistent career, at least being a dominant run defender, and then finally came into his own as a pass rusher. So if I'm getting 2021 Matt Judon, I'm a happy man. 
he's uh, this Matt Judon's funny. And by the way, the Ravens they do such a good job developing guys like Zadarius Smith mm-hmm. before Matt Judon, and then Matt Judon, and, and just all that. I, they they've done an excellent job uh, when it comes to that. I I think the the one thing that will I'll never forget about Matt Judon is that I was covering the Bengals. Uh, for for my radio station here in Lexington, it was my first year on the on the beat, and uh, I went to a Ravens Bengals game. I saw a play where Matt Judon. It kind of looked like he got a a dirty hit on Andy Dalton, so I tweeted it out. And then after the game, like an hour after the game, Matt Judon found it and came after me on Twitter <laughs> about it. So so I have a I have a relationship with Matt Judon, Judon where he did not like something I said, even though I was right. But he didn't. <laughs> He did well, not appreciate it. So. He's coming for your team now, Angelo. That's, you're just adding <laughs> fuel to the fire, man. Apparently, <laughs> apparently that is what's happening here. Um, all right, I, this is interesting now because now I feel like I'm playing a little bit of defense with my next pick. Like, what, what do exactly am I looking for at the moment? Man, this is not. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the same spot you are. To be honest, like where, where where you had it and now where I have it. So I would say that there's probably one position that I need to make sure that I get uh, now, even though I think that the talent has kind of situated. But I would pr- I, I think it'd be a little nasty if you were somehow able uh, to get uh, you know what? See, this is this is why doing it in live time it is a little it is a little scary because now I'm kind of second guessing myself with the talent that's left on the board. Oh my goodness! Right. Okay, I'll just do it. I mean, I don't think this guy's I don't think this guy is truly great, but I think for me to have a yeah nope nope changing my mind one more time. Ronnie Stanley. All right, all right. That's what I thought you were going with. That's what I thought. I can. See but the reason why, why Ronnie Stanley. Is not only not only did he make a first team uh, All Pro, which again I value, even though that's the only year he made it, and he's been injured the last couple of years. I really hope that's not the end of his career. But Ron, Ronnie Stanley was like a really good test case for me uh, in the terms of I actually wanted to rank uh, Ronnie Stanley ahead of another tackle in this class, like when they were coming out, but. I, I was I was more enthralled with the other players' potential, but I really really thought like I was big into Charles Cross this year, and everybody knows that Ronnie Stanley was the last guy as a pass protector to make me feel the way that Charles Cross did. <laughs> Ronnie Stanley coming out was an elite pass protector, and it's funny because it's almost like the beginning of his career. He got more of a name for being a run blocker of all things, where he was just average. At Notre Dame, but but I'm talking about being a pure pass protector. He was just absolutely awesome, and having that first team All Pro in 2019 made me feel good enough to 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 pull the trigger here because, like I said, I do value those first team All Pros. No, oh, absolutely. The, I mean, six six, three hundred and fifteen pound monster. But no, I I understand why you went with the pick because he is the best available. But I I see why it was it was kind of holding you back because the, the guys that are left, I mean. They're not slouches at all. I mean, those are those are Mm-mm. qualities. Those are guys you'd be happy to have on your football team in real life. I, I definitely think Ronnie Stanley was the nice pick because, man, if I had Conklin and Stanley, I mean, that's despite how good those other guys are, there's no comparing to that. So I, I think you made a good selection with Stanley. All right, oh. let's see where you go now. 
All right, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with your boy. I'm gonna go with your boy. Give me Kenny Clark. Mm. I wanna I wanna be okay. able to have some, a, a. I told you I wanna be able to have that dominant defensive line finally having DeForest Buckner and Kenny Clark on my interior. I'll take that. Two-time Pro Bowler in 2019 and 2021, and uh, my Madden folks out there, I always reference you. If you play Madden, you know how much of a dog Kenny Clark is. There's no running the football on this man. The, you, you got outside zones, but that's about it. That's about it. So uh, 22 and a half sacks from a nose tackle position, 283 tackles, four forced fumbles, five recoveries. Dude's, dude's a dog. Dude is like one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. If you need the interior plugged, Kenny Clark's on your football team. And I kind of feel like Kenny Clark, like guys like you and I, and like, like die, like big, big football fans, you know who Kenny Clark is. But if you're not like crazy about it, it's a guy that goes under the radar, despite how, you know, dominant he is at those, at that, at the position. I just, that it kind of goes to show how truly insanely dominant you have to be from that interior defensive line to have such a big name. Because although we know how good Kenny Clark is, I, I don't think a lot of people in the world do. I am very, very happy having Buckner and Clark plugging up my middle. As much as I love Kenny Clark, I, I was I, I think that the defensive line position, uh, especially at defensive tackle, was pretty pretty substantial in this class. So when it came to... Because now you have, I think that, oh, no, 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 you have one more edge rusher to go. Yeah, so, uh, no, Kenny Clark, being a Packers fan, when when the Packers picked him now in in this draft, like, there was a guy like Reuben Foster that I wanted a lot, or is this not Reuben? No, this is Reggie Raglan, not Reuben Foster. uh, Yeah, that was the draft 2017. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted linebacker, and they picked Clark. Clark was someone that I really liked. In college, he was young. He was big. He's athletic, and it's just awesome to see him work out as well as he has. I, I there's another defensive tackle that I'm I'm confident in. Uh, the reason why I waited, but if this was a weaker class, I would have taken Clark many a picks ago. I I I think he he truly is a special talent. He was so young when he was drafted. He's he's only 26 years old. Wow. So that's yeah. He's, he's he won't be twenty seven yeah. until I think the start of the season. So he's someone that the Packers drafted, developed, and are going to get many years out of. Perfect, perfect. I I am. There are other positions I want to go, but I truly never trust like how you're going to draft, and it worries <laughs> me. So before you can get and there and there's another defensive tackle I could take if this guy was off the board. But talking about a guy that people don't talk about, DJ Reader is a truly special defensive tackle, in my opinion, in terms of kind of that Vince Wilfork-esque like, nose tackles that don't get talked about as much. I think he's the best defensive player on Cincinnati. Some people think Jesse Bates. Some people think Trey Hendrickson. I think it's DJ Reader. He missed a lot of 2020, but he came back last year, played 15 games, and really proved to the Cincinnati Bengals fans and the organization why he was worth the contract they gave him. I think he's a top 10 defensive tackle in the league, personally. When he's when he's healthy and and just just when he's on the field, his his run defense, which he's only missed that one year with 2020, he's been healthy the rest of his career he's an elite run stopper and I think he's really underrated in terms of agility and speed he can he he can change a defense from his play and I don't think people talk about that often 
No, I I agree. The DJ Reader is like I, I'm talking about Kenny Clark, like one of the best interior run stuffers. DJ Reader was like. I'm pretty sure he might have been the highest-graded interior run defender last year. DJ Reader was a huge, huge part of that that Bengals success that doesn't really get talked about at all. But no, I, I DJ Reader is one of the most underappreciated players. But it's and it's just because you know what the the things he does goes beyond the box score. You know, it's it's he's able mm-hmm. to consistently eat up those double teams. He's that interior run defender, and you just don't see that. But he was one of the highest-graded run defenders in football. So. And I wanted to make sure I got him before you somehow kicked, you know, Kenny Clark <laughs> out to defensive <laughs> end or DeForest Buckner or something or did something funky. I had to get it before you tried anything. I, I respect that. I respect that. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go for a position that has not had anybody picked yet. And I think you'll respect this pick. This is yet another player. This, I mean, this might be the most underrated player in the entire I mean, other than DJ Reader, I, I, you can make an argument this guy's even more underrated. And that's Devondre Campbell. I want to have mm. a dominant defense. And Devondre Campbell, was, I don't think there was a more underrated person on the front seven. I don't know if I could say all defense, but... I mean, the dude made first team all pro in 2021, and I seriously doubt a lot of people know the guy's name. I'm not even going to lie. Up until, I think it was that, what, like 2000 and like 19 season where he had like like 75 tackles or something like that uh that Mm -hmm. I like really even knew who the guy was but then when he had that first season with Green Bay 146 tackles and 100 of two and 102 of them being solo to get named to a first team all pro there was not a better outside linebacker in football than Devondre Campbell in 2021 and I am very, very, very happy that, you know, the dude's finally getting some respect. His name's growing a little bit, but Devondre Campbell was something special, and if, if you guys don't know that name, you know, the, the, the thing about the Packers, dude, you guys have so many underrated dogs. I mean, Eric Stokes was so unbelievably good. Nobody really talked about it. You guys had that guy, Rasul Douglas, come out of nowhere. Like, that Packers defense, man, you guys got some low-key studs over there that nobody really is talking about. Trust me, I I know I know that for a fact, man. Like I, like when when we were winning earlier last year, I I was saying at one point that the defense was better than the offense, even though if statistically it didn't show because of like you said, Douglas Stokes, uh, Alexander got hurt, but he was playing great when he was healthy. Adrian Amos, Savage when he's healthy, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, like it is just it is an absolutely wonderful defense so to add Devonte wyatt and quay walker and bring him mm. back campbell and i was pretty familiar with campbell just because i did this draft like i, I remember he was kind of uh, he, he's not small six three two thirty two, but he was like a com- coverage linebacker and he's really been productive i mean he started his whole career like he started 86 and 91 games the guy the guy absolutely plays on sundays so i think that's a good pick i'm gonna go with the linebacker too but i'm gonna go with miles jack Mm-hmm. great pick now he doesn't have the uh, the accolades, but I remember I think I had Miles Jack ranked like third in this draft. I, I I thought he was an absolute stud when he came out. And then there was that like knee injury thing that people were worried about, and that's why he dropped. He's now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but played his entire career in Jacksonville. Uh, another player that's only twenty six uh, started eighty two. 
of 88 games, but Miles Jack is kind of more known for his his play just on the field in terms of I, I think Miles Jack is one of those guys where he doesn't have a Pro Bowl, but I think people know him more than you know uh, uh, some other players in this oh, class. I, I would like, say his name's more recognizable than the guy that made than first almost team, anybody than Devondre Campbell, who made first team All Pro. Well, yeah, I think yeah. he's probably one of the five most recognizable names out of this. Like I after agree. Hill, Thomas, Henry, and Ramsey, I think you could argue that Jack is next. Yeah, I mean, just that, co- that college tape, dude. That college tape was phenomenal. One of my favorite players to watch, uh, Miles Jack. Big fan, not as good of a pro as I had hoped. You know, there's a reason why he fell, but I mean, I just remember watching him. Some people, the kids don't remember, he played running back at UCLA too. I mean, just did you know that? No, he's a freak athlete. Yeah, he played. He played uh, running back. I'm actually pulling out his college stats now. He, uh, like his freshman year, he had 38 attempts for 267 yards and seven touchdowns <laughs> as a running back. Unreal. Mm-hmm. So, and then he was just no, just an elite defensive that, player. It's just a so. football player. Then that's just a guy that born to play football. So that's that's my pick there, and I'm happy with it. Um, let's see. Let's do a little team reset. Right yep. now, so for Team Angelo, uh, Derek Henry at running back and Ronnie Stanley at offensive tackle. Uh, that's it for offense so far. But on defense, edge Joey Bosa, defensive tackle Chris Jones, nose tackle DJ Reed, linebacker Miles Jacks, cornerback Jalen Ramsey, cornerback Xavier Howard, and safety Kevin Byard. As good as defenses that I've created, this one is pretty pretty stacked as well. Of course, Brendan being the offensive guy, he has Tyree Kill and Michael Thomas, Jack Conklin at offensive tackle, and on defense he has Matt Judon at edge, DeForest Buckner at DT, Kenny Clark at nose tackle, Devondre Campbell at linebacker, and Justin Simmons at safety. These are some these are some good squads we got, Bruin Angelo. That is, and we still have you know m- many more picks to go yeah i mean i still have yet like some I, I, i'm able to sit on one of the best players that's going to be on my football team because you took his position so early so th- this isn't even like a, a, a glimpse into what we're going to be completing so you know what just because i don't want you to go i i don't i don't know how you're going to approach the rest of your football team i don't want you saying that you're going to be running a nickel and to snag you know f- I, in my opinion far and away the best line uh cornerback available and mm-hmm. that's james bradbury i i need to need to get my first cornerback off the board uh especially i gotta give simmons some buddies out there so he was just signed by the uh the eagles if i'm not mistaken right yes he was yeah, we talked so, about it yeah so james bradbury was is kind of like an, another one of those cornerbacks that doesn't have the biggest name but is absolutely a top 10 cornerback when he's when he's playing. He made the Pro Bowl in 2020. In his time with, with the Giants was a, a dog, to say the least. Uh, I, I don't think his name gets enough credit, but his just pure man-to-man coverage ability is one of the better in the league. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to get you a bunch of interceptions. He has 15 in his entire career. He has three fumble recoveries, four forced fumbles. 380 tackles though so I'm getting a guy that knows how to wrap up and you know when when you're going up against Derrick Henry your front seven's not going to always do the job so you have to have some guys in the in the secondary that aren't afraid to uh, lay their life on the line to say the least so I'm going to take James Bradbury the best cornerback available 
Yeah, I, the only reason why I haven't taken him yet was just simply because I didn't know if you were going to go two tight ends or three wide receivers. I, I never know with you on that, <laughs> so I had to I had to wait. But that was someone I definitely wanted. That was a good pick. I'm going to take who I think is the best guard in this class, and I'm going to take Joe Thune. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, second-team All-Pro in 2019 with New England. He has started every single game of his career. He started all 16 games from 2016 to 2020 and started 17 games in 2021. Really solid. Got a huge contract from Kansas City. Very versatile. I I think that he's far and away the best guard in this class, even though this class is not uh, very strong. But uh, I'm happy with this selection, and especially because I'm going to start building out this offensive line with uh, with my with my guy Derek Henry because I'm going to need a great one with how good your team's going to be. <laughs> I want to make sure I get the best offensive line possible. No, and Angelo, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback right back off of you um, because you know watching watching a lot of Denver Broncos games, I, I don't want Connor McGovern necessarily. He's not horrible, so I'm gonna take the the best guard left on the board after you just took Joe Thune, and that's Cody Whitehair. 95 games, 95 games started. He made the Pro Bowl in 2018. Um, isn't you know isn't really one of the biggest names for an offensive lineman out there, but absolutely one of the best guards in the league. And I, I think there's you know the rest Did, when of the, has he played guard? Cody Whitehair. Yeah. What does he play tackle? He plays center. Uh, he's listed as a guard on Pro Football yeah, Reference, but he's been a center. I don't know if he played guard last year. is my only que- is my only question. But yeah, his it's from 2016 to 2020. It just says center on his uh, in his play chart. Yeah. It, so in in uh, 2019, Whitehair moved to left guard. Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. my my apologies. It's listed as center on here. Uh, so so okay. I I, yeah, I, I think actually, that Cody there, Whitehair's yeah, a good. Yeah, there pick. was um. So I think he was kind of like. A backup, like he was a reserve guy as guard. So I think they had so many injuries at the guard position that he played there for like a good chunk of the season. And then once they had, um, you know, all their guys back, he kicked it back out to center. But he was starting at guard for. A, well, a good I am amount. not perfect. I'll admit hey, that. Hey, Angelo, yes, you are, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he did make the Pro Bowl as a center, at least. So at least I was right about that. But like you said, he moved to left guard where James Daniels is the starter at center. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. He got a good contract, too. Good for him. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with that. I'm glad you did that, though, because I will take Ryan Kelly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to do at center. I Maybe you have someone on your board oh, yeah, that I do. I, I do that. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, okay with Okay, then I missed someone, so that's my, my fault on oh, my scouting. Oh, he's no Ryan Kelly, though. He's no Ryan Kelly. No, but that's the thing, too, is that Ryan, Ke- Ryan Kelly I felt uh, safe with. I'm glad to get him at this juncture, the guy that I thought was the best center, and I got the best guard. Uh, Ryan Kelly, a t- three-time Pro Bowler, a second-team All-Pro in 2020. Uh, struggled with injuries early on in his career. 2017 only played 17 game or seven games, excuse me, in 2018, 12 games. But uh, he's been healthy the last three years. Uh, he missed three games last year, to be fair. But still, uh, he he's he's a guy that I remember scouting, and I thought he was a legitimate. Now I didn't think he was Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. Linderbaum's in his own class, but I thought Ryan Kelly was a deserving first round pick center, and that's where he went. And he's kind of proven his worth over the years. No, that's that's a fantastic pick, Angela. I was going to try to round out my line with getting him next, but let's see, let's see. So, Angela, I'm there's a position that everybody knows that hasn't been taken yet, and I'm just you have yet to take a wide receiver 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself another linebacker. I'm another player that doesn't necessarily have like the craziest stats in the world, but is once again just such a recognizable name. And I think it's just because of like the type of player he is. And hey, my Madden boys out there again, uh, you're gonna recognize this name, and that's Deion Jones. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be building my my four three offense. So at my inside linebacker position, I have a a, a speed demon an absolute speed demon at the position. So, uh, made the Pro Bowl in 2017. So it's been a, it's been a little bit of, it's been some time since he's had, you know, uh, any accolades or huge recognition, but 44 pass deflections, 11 interceptions, five defensive touchdowns. Isn't necessarily a a guy that you're going to send on a lot of blitzes or pass rushes, only eight and 8.5 sacks in his career, but over 650 tackles. So to be able to get Devondre Campbell and Deion Jones as my inside and outside linebacker, you're, good luck to your tight ends. That, that's all I got to say, because both of these guys can cover and both of these guys can tackle. So I, I'm, I'm happy getting some athletic, athletic boys at my linebacking position. And the thing about that, too, is that they're both uh, the starters, starting linebackers on the 2016 Atlanta Falcons that made the Super Bowl. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a great point. I totally, yeah, I forgot Devondre Campbell was on that Falcons team. Yeah, no, he was with the Falcons up until two years ago where mm-hmm. he played a year in Atlanta, or Arizona and then a year in Green Bay. But his entire rookie contract, he started every game he played in, I believe, or, or close to it uh, with Atlanta. So I, I definitely like Deion Jones. Linebacker position can get a little thin. Uh, not, not, not anything terrible. Uh, but again, I don't know what you're up to and your idea of how to how to kind of how to how to shape your team so i've got to i've got to keep my head on a swivel <sighs> looking at the board there are a couple players that i do really like i think i will start off by taking uh tyler boyd oh. I, I don't think I, I don't think i can neglect this position for much longer great pick and that's why, yes, you mentioned. You see, this time you get to mention the wide receiver position, and then I can come in. Tyler Boyd is is not a spectacular receiver. He's just very solid. I I, I thought I could wait because even if you took him, I, there are some reservations. But he's proven to be one of the better slot. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's one of the better slot receivers in football. Uh, in twenty eighteen and nineteen, he had two one thousand yard years and two eight hundred yard years. The last couple. And uh, that that production will probably always be stymied by now Jamar Chase and uh, uh, T Higgins, but he's still a productive receiver. He uh, he only has four thousand five hundred yards, but only being he, he's I thought he was clearly the third best receiver in this class. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's I don't I agree. I don't think he's the best slot receiver in the league, but how they utilize him, there he's often, you know, used kind of outside too. I think there's an argument to say that he's, you know, the best third string receiver because he's not fully used as a slot, but um, no, absolutely. Like prior to them getting Jamar Chase, he was kind of like the T Higgins on the team and he was so unbelievably reliable. Every time I watched a Bengals game, I hated Tyler Boyd because he was just the person that you went to on third down if you need a guy to come down with the ball. He was the guy you're looking at in the red zone and he was, oh my God, folks, he was a fantasy steal, you guys. And then, and then of course, Jamar Chase came onto the scene and that production dropped a little bit. But no, absolutely, T. Higgins, uh, or excuse me, um, Tyler Boyd is 
absolutely the best receiver left on this board. And I was going to go with that pick next just to leave you a little dry, but that, that's a fantastic pick, Angelo. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want you to leave me a little dry over here. So why don't you – so I'm interested to see where you go from here. Let's, let's, let's see what you got. Hey, you know what, Angelo? I'm a little interested to see where I go too. I think we both are. <laughs> Interesting that there's been a lot – like, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like there, there are certain teams that really shine throughout here too. But, yeah, let's – what position that you uh, – what you side with? Where, where are you going to go? Hmm. I think I'm going to take I'm I'm going to try to get my offense complete. I'm going to take a guy that I think has had the best career out of this position, although was an incredible and uh, an emphasis on incredible. I'm not doing a great job selling him to my team right now, but prior to his his uh time with my boys in the Cleveland Browns, Austin Hooper was one of the most underrated uh tight ends in the league and I think is is probably the best uh best tight end in this draft you know there's only two other guys that I would have really been happy getting but those two other guys have had injury issues throughout their career so this is a two-time pro bowler in 2018 and 2019 and then the Browns signed him to the biggest contract for a tight end in the history of football did not work out at all folks at all but you know in that 2019 season he was just uh, just like 13 yards shy of 800 yards had six touchdowns uh was a dominant red zone threat was actually a really good blocker uh underrated blocker and undervalued and um if you watch the Browns, you know how much they love to run those three tight end sets. And he, that was something that didn't get a lot of credit for. He got a lot of credit for dropping the ball his last season and just not being that playmaker he needed to be. Um, and it was, it was just those first down drops. But every time, you know, Baker needed a guy to go to on third down or fourth down, it was Austin Hooper and or Jarvis. But Austin Hooper, a lot of the times making some crazy, insanely acrobatic catches. So a guy that you know, has kind of lacked consistency the last couple of years, but anytime I've seen his name called on a crucial down, he's been able to make a play. So I'm going to take Austin Hooper. Yeah, he was my number one tight end in this redraft, and he was my number one tight end coming out of his draft class. When a lot of people had another guy, pretty consensusly number one, I thought Hooper uh, was the best prospect, and I think I've been ended up being right. I mm-hmm. think he's had the best career out of any tight end in this class. He's also a two-time Pro Bowler. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's one other guy that had the potential to be better, but just the way his career's panned out with injuries, it just hasn't hasn't been in the position to. Yeah, I didn't know he was on the Titans though. That, that's that's something that I just found out. But I will take uh, I'll take Robbie Anderson here. Ooh, great pick. So I picked Robbie Anderson because uh, I, I I need to I need to have some type of proven talent at the wide receiver position. And I I think there was a time with the jets where he really started to blossom. And then, uh, you know, he had a 95 catch, uh, 1100 yard three touchdown year with Carolina when it looked like that deep plays and touchdowns were really going to be his forte. Uh, He, his career has been slightly underwhelming compared to what we were thinking he could be, but he still has more yards and touchdowns than Tyler Boyd though. So that's, that's a, that's a reason to maybe think that he's a little underrated in this process, but I really wanted to come away where you came away with Tyree kill and Michael Thomas. I really wanted to come away with Tyler Boyd and Robbie Anderson. And I have, so I'm happy with that. No, absolutely. I, I like that pick. And, um, 
you know, just you better hope that he uh, he gets a quarterback that he likes, or else he's going to be throwing him under the bus on social media all the time. But <laughs> oh goodness, <laughs> no, Robbie Anderson is he. I remember when he um, like prior that off season where he became a free agent, I was smack in the table saying get this man to denver and that I think oh that, same yeah get him to green bay yeah, yeah that was and that was the season before they drafted like uh jerry judy and kj hamler so it, it made a lot of sense and i always thought robbie anderson was super underrated he, he's kind of one of those players that has the ability to stretch the field just kind of by being on the field you really respect that speed so i i very very much agree with this with this pick all right angelo well i'm gonna go with the most valuable player in the history of football. It doesn't matter how you look at it. This player has equated to somehow, some way, turn out to be more valuable than anybody ever, and that's Laramie Tunsil. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, somehow uh, we we all know the uh, the the draft story with Tunsil, how he was supposed to go what like early first round, and had the situation of the video released and. Somehow, someway got turned into what was it like five first round picks, Angelo? It was absolutely two, but yes, yeah. No, it it was two, but then there was like second round picks on top. Like, oh yeah, 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 all the extra picks. He was. I mean, he they. I I saw a thing that like broke it down fully, and it's like the picks that were traded, and then those picks that were traded, and like it was just so much unbelievable value that multiple teams got out of Laramie Tunsil and you know a two-time Pro Bowler like all jokes aside the dude's a dog in 2019 and 2020 made the Pro Bowl and uh, I I am very very happy he started his career on the Dolphins uh he was actually the the highest selected lineman for the Dolphins in like over a decade actually so and then after that yeah, three since years, Jake Long went first overall yeah and so after after that stint with the Dolphins, he signed a signed a big contract with the with the Texans, and I he was he made the uh, NFL's top 100, where you're ranked by you know all of your NFL peers and stuff. So uh, top 100 player, one of the better tackles in the NFL, a two time Pro Bowler, and a guy that has one of the funniest draft stories in recent memory. I'm going with Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil was the guy that I had. I unfortunately ranked as my top tackle in that class, even though I liked Ronnie Stanley more. I think even with the two Pro Bowls, and I mean, he's been better, especially after he got to, I think, like his second year in Houston. Mm. But, uh, it, you know, it's good to see that he has kind of fulfilled some of that promise. But there there was thoughts that he may be a generational tackle, and he's never quite been that. So, uh, but I think he's a great pick. I think uh, he was, I think, my second tackle in this class, and I, I, I got to take this guy before you move him to guard because I really don't know what you're capable of, so <laughs> I will complete my tackles, and I'll take Taylor Decker. Mm-hmm. Taylor Decker, I think uh, – I really liked him coming out of college, actually. I, th- I thought he was a really good first-round pick, and he has been the epitome of solid. Now, he was injured in 2017 and 2021 where he only played a combined 17 games, but in his other four seasons he was able to play uh, full seasons – He's not a pro bowler, uh, or he hasn't made a pro bowl, but I think that when you come to, when you say solid, I think he's kind of this generation's version of Anthony Costanzo, who we mm. did in a redraft uh, a couple weeks ago, where it's it's not that he has like super high peaks, it's just that whenever you're talking about franchise tackles, that he can really just solidify one of the spots, and 
you know, they moved him. They got Panay Sewell, and, and he's just, you know, he's he's taken everything in stride. Just think he's a really, really good offensive tackle. So I'm, I'm happy to get him this late in the draft. No, I, I agree. Uh, he's, he's just one of those players that's like, once again, if you're not a huge NFL fan, you don't recognize the name. But if you're a Lions fan, like, this is one of those players that may not ever make a Pro Bowl, may not, but it's a player that, like, <clears throat> I'm not exaggerating. Is is probably going to be a ten plus ten plus year starter for for this team. Could be like one of those Ring of Fame guys, you know, like never misses a snap. I mean, despite the the mm-hmm. you know, but when he's healthy, he is on the field. It doesn't matter, even if he's not getting those awards. Like you said, he is the epitome of solid, and he's just he's just one of those players you gotta love, dude. He doesn't you know, it doesn't have the big name, but just gets the just gets the job done, and um, is one of the most important Lions players of the last 10 years. And uh, it's just for 16th overall, uh, I think that he really fulfilled that that promise. So. No, abs- absolutely. But I, mean, I didn't want you to move him to guard somehow. <laughs> I think he's played every start of his career at tackle, but I know you, so I couldn't I couldn't, uh, <laughs> I couldn't, let it slide. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, the way my offensive line's turning out with having Derrick Henry. And to get my receivers, I need a tight end. But uh, offense is slowly coming together, and, and I'm I, I'm liking the distribution of my team so far. No, I, I agree. Mine, mine's coming together. I like how it's looking. And on on top of that, your the comparison to Anthony Costanzo was chef's kiss. That was that was money. So thank um, you. Yeah, but all right. So yeah, dude, my team my team's coming together. I'm still sitting on a position because I I just. I'm curious on your opinion now because you haven't gone there, and you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, Angelo. So, mm-hmm. not no quarterback has not been selected yet. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I'm sitting. I'm sitting pretty, baby. Like hey, I'm. I dude, I am I'm building saying. out my fo- All building right. out my football team. I'm liking it. So, it, it, I think I think you want to do it, but you're nervous. So <laughs> I, I'm. I'll be interested to see what you do. Hey, don't don't. Oh man. All right. This is. Yeah, not not a pick that I'm gonna love, but I think it's probably the best player available. It's it's funny how you know two picks ago I said I didn't I I, I guess I don't want him as my the best one that I have on my roster. Um, I'm gonna take offensive guard Connor McGovern, 63 starts in the NFL. Once again, not not a I wouldn't even say a dominant player. He's a, he's a solid starter, uh, not solid in the sense of Taylor Decker, you know, but a, a guy that's um, absolutely going to he can start on probably half the teams in the league. So uh, he's he's played left and right guard. He got a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract. Um, he he's actually played left guard, right guard, and center. So he he started center for for the Jets, but played guard at uh, for for Denver. So I'm gonna be rocking with him at guard because there's somebody that I like a lot more at center. Interesting. What if I took that player and moved him to guard? <laughs> I'd be on a flight over to Kentucky, Angelo. Because I, I, because I'm looking at the board and uh, I think I know who that player is, and I could easily take him at this very moment. So, hmm, what should I do? <laughs> should I burn you? Should I just absolutely, positively, 100% destroy you? And I won't. I'm a good man. <laughs> I'm a good man. There's a position I will go. So, if we're doing this and we're building this like a true football team. I really want to look at a way to maximize my offense where you have such good players uh, it, it, to, with Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas. Uh, Robbie Anderson is a speed guy, but there's not a bigger speed guy in this draft than Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. So 
I know that he's been hurt. I know he's only had one great year. A lot of that is difficult. But honestly, I'm just looking at Will and I'm saying, dude, I just need you to be on the field. <laughs> just be healthy and on the field. You don't have to catch a ball. I just need you to run straight because you're going to stretch the offense. And now with him and Robbie, I can put pressure on your defense and stretch it vertically where Derrick Henry can absolutely be be a problem. So I, I'm happy with getting him, and this is the way I wanted my wide receiver core to look, and I'm glad that it came uh, to fruition after you took Michael Thomas uh, with your fourth pick or your sec your second pick, the fourth mm-hmm. pick of the draft. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, honestly, I thought Will Fuller was going to be your pick where Robbie Anderson was, and I was so happy to see you go with Robbie Anderson over Will Fuller. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to need some speed if I want if I if I have any business shutting you down. So, <laughs> all right, well. If if you still have an opportunity to go with that nickel defense, it looks like. So I'm going to go ahead and take the best cornerback available again. And despite all the crap this man gets talked about, and I'll admit, I joined in on that crap talk because I'm a Browns fan. I'll never give Eli Apple his respect, except for when I am drafting him on my football team. <laughs> but no, Eli Apple, you know, like, you, you saw the memes around the playoffs where it's like, hey, look, it's Eli Apple, and it's a picture of burnt toast. You know, it's it, – poor man. Yeah, it's hilarious. It, it's, dude, it's so funny. But uh, actually, believe it or not, there was not a player in football that had better uh, – that allowed a lower passer rating in man coverage than Eli Apple last season. I'll, I'll take that, man. Dude, there's no other way to say that he was dominant in man coverage. I, I don't have the exact number, but he ranked first among all NFL cornerbacks in uh, passer rating allowed in man coverage. He's not the best guy in zone, and I know that he maybe had a little bit of struggle in the playoffs, but um, you know he really is a lot better than, than the credit he is given. So I'm going to take Eli Apple. Okay. I, I, I didn't honestly... I don't know exactly how you're going to build your team, so I'm interested in that. I Eli Apple was my third best quarterback remaining, so I'm interested. Third best corner remaining. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Okay, hmm. all right, all right. I I, I I I see what you're trying to do, get a talented corner to stop this wide receiver core. He's someone that I could totally see covering Robbie Anderson in this uh, function. I... Need to determine, okay, so again, I really would like to know kind of whether you're going to go three wide receivers or two tight ends in this, mm-hmm. and I don't know yet, so I have to just keep building for for the team that I have, and right now, I really, honestly, I've, I've kind of hit on a lot of positions. I'll go ahead and get a linebacker just in case you wanted to go three linebackers like you've been prone to doing. And I'm going to surprise, but I'll take uh, Corey Littleton. Okay. I, I like that pick. And the reason why is just it's very simple why Corey Littleton is my pick. He made a second-team All-Pro uh, back in, I want to say, yes, 2018. He made a Pro Bowl and second-team All-Pro. He got a big contract from the Raiders, and he's never really reached that Pro Bowl level again. Uh, but uh, it, well, the next year he was – he, he had a pretty solid year as well. But um, I needed a linebacker. I'll take a second-team all-pro pro bowler. No, absolutely. That, that was a good pick, Angela. I I was maybe going to expect a little bit of a different direction, but with how you're building your team, I think that's a really good scheme fit as well. So 
Well, I'm just curious where you thought I was going to go. I mean, I I don't have a ton to fill, and I know that you have a little bit too. So I'm curious, like to where where you see we're going. We're really starting to get towards the end here. Yeah. Uh, but we're both waiting on certain positions, and I'm interested to see where this goes. All right. So I'm I'm gonna get, in my opinion, the best safety remaining, um, and that's Von Bell. No, uh, Keanu mm-hmm. Neal was you know physical freak dude, but uh, Von Bell I think has kind of come into his own and been the third best safety out of this class um you know almost 600 career tackles 13 forced fumbles 10 10 recoveries and two interceptions isn't necessarily that ball hawk um but is somebody that you can trust to come and you know kind of play down so he's you know he's no justin simmons he's no kevin byard he's not a guy that's going to consistently get you a bunch of interceptions um but at 511 buck 90 he's you know he, he plays big for his size, so I'm I'm happy getting a guy that had 114 tackles in 2020. It's just I like, yeah, yeah. No, I like Von Bell a lot too. He was my third ranked safety. I think he's really versatile. I think he's been great for the Bengals. By the way, very very heavy Bengals. Yeah, uh, draft in this one, whether it be players they've signed or or drafted a ton of Bengals on here. Uh, so, but uh, no, I think that Von Bell was a good pick. I actually, after I made uh, my pick of Corey Littleton, I looked at Von Bell and was like, maybe I should go there. But I like Keanu Neal enough to take him. And since he did play uh, linebacker last year, I'm sure that you would have tried to pigeonhole that and leave me at a huge gaping <laughs> hole at safety. So I'll take Keanu Neal, the other guy who li- really looked like he was going to be like the next Cam Chancellor. Uh, when his first two years he made a Pro Bowl, and unfortunately he just suffered so many major injuries, and it really took a, a an effect on his career. So this is a this is pretty much just drafting on what he did his first and second year. Even though 2020 statistically he was good, uh, but I, I really liked Keanu Neal in his prime, and I'm really comfortable with putting him on my defense. No, that's that's a great pick. I actually. Um, I have a super, super sick Keanu Neal autograph jersey. I, I was, I thought this guy was going to be so fun to watch, and uh, hasn't necessarily, you know, been the player I thought he could have been. But Keanu Neal is, I mean, and with a name like Keanu Neal, you know, I'm a sucker for the cool name. So uh, that I think that's a good pick. Well, I, thank you. All right, you're you're up. Ah, uh, see. By the way, I wanted you to pick Keanu Neal just because you already had Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell. Right, I thought it'd been really cool Falcons. if you would have just gotten like the Atlanta Super Bowl back seven. But <laughs> alas, all right. Well, I have to sh- see. I made a grave mistake last time of going after and trying to build up a beefy set of linebackers, and your receiving core is what killed me. And I may have the better star power. But you have some serious speed and fluidity in that receiving core, so I have to go with the nickel. And I'm going to take probably one of the best... Golly, we just keep... <laughs> well, you're not joking, dude. We keep going with the Bengals. We, it just keeps rolling. Give me Mike Hilton. I'm going to go with Mike Hilton. You have picked three Bengals players in a row, and none of the three are my best defensive back available. Really? Uh, is it... Uh, That's crazy. WJ? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, I'll see what you, yeah, I'll see what you do, but that's, yeah, now that you, now that you pigeonholed yourself, that's, that's surprising to me, but you know what? Maybe I'm just behind on the times. Explain Mike Hilton. Uh, Mike Hilton is a guy that's like pretty much 110% of the time used in the slot. And from what I've seen, this is just, you know, kind of based on any time I watch Mike Hilton, the dude is a dog. The dude is so unbelievably tough i mean he gave jarvis landry was so like you know jarvis landry maybe he's getting a little older but 
there was very few people that I saw give Landry such a hard time working underneath than Mike Hilton. And, you know, being 5'9", not the biggest guy, he does not get out physical. He doesn't get bullied. Uh, somebody that plays a lot bigger than he is. And nine interceptions from the slot and to have 303 tackles. And on top of that, Hilton is somebody that is a very effective, you know, you can have this guy come off the edge in a blitz, has uh, 10 sacks in his career. So uh, I, I do think Hilton's a little underrated. I... I uh, I agree. William Jackson's a dog as well, but I think from what I've seen from Hilton, and I want another slot guy. Uh, I, I I like Hilton. I'm comfortable with it. That's fair. That's fair. I can't take can't take that away from you. Um, and and honestly, William Jackson, it's not even the stats that really really show out with him. It, it's more or less it was the physical talent. I always thought he could cover number ones. So to see that, it just uh, surprised me a little bit. But now. I am next up to bat. So pretty much I I just have to determine whether I like where I want to fill out the rest of my roster. That's kind of where we're we're at with this one. Uh I'll I'll take a guy that went to uh, Yeah, I'll I'll do this. Uh problematic coming out of the draft out of Western Kentucky ended up being a fourth round pick. But uh, if you're talking about on the football field to kind of complete my team at 6'6", 255 pounds, and a guy that started 84 of his 93 career games, uh, Tyler Higby. Mm. And he's someone in 2019 had 69 catches for 734 yards. Uh, last two years have had 500-yard, uh, five-touchdown seasons. I just thought that when it came to tight ends in this draft, you might have had maybe a Hunter Henry, who we alluded to earlier, uh, or I don't know if there's another tight end on your board, but that's the that's the guy that I wanted to get from you before <laughs> you scooped him up to to make your little two tight end. Now I kind of forced you into a three wide receiver set, and I'm happy about that. No, absolutely. I respect that. I respect that. I feel like this may not be a popular pick among, but I just... I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to have the same number one edge left. But in my opinion, that is one of the most overrated players in football. And I'm just, if you're bouncing from team to team to team to team and not even year span, I think there's an issue with that. He hasn't had a dominant year in, you know, what, three or four years. So I'm going to take a guy that most recently has been a dog, and I know a little bit about him, and that's, that's Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think I was gonna. Wow! Yeah, I did not think I was gonna end up taking Emmanuel Ogba. I, I don't. I did not either. I don't like Yannick Ngakwe. I don't. I really don't. Uh, well, there was Leonard Floyd too. That's why I was surprised. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My problem is I have I have him on my linebacker thing as like a three four outside. Well, it's still edge. Yeah, yeah. But know, I was, okay, I was, but hey, hey, I'm happy with thing. it. Can t- explain your Emmanuel Ogba, pit, yeah. which he played awesome last year. Yeah, no, he was he was phenomenal last year. He had nine sacks last year, nine sacks the year before. But I don't even think that the the nine sacks necessarily like show how dominant he was last year. Uh, graded out as one of the higher uh, PFF graded edge rushers in the league, and. He had a little bit of time with with Cleveland, and I remember thinking like this guy has some serious potential. It's just it just needs to get unleashed. You know, you see those guys that have the flashes, and it's just like you know maybe it's just a setting thing. And Emmanuel Ogba, I really think was one of those people where getting to the right setting really really helped him explode. So uh, a guy that back to back seasons has been one one sack shy of double digits. Um, I'm happy with him, and on top of that, he is a solid run defender. 
Okay, so one, two, three, four, fives. That's interesting because I have two positions to fill on defense, and you have zero. You have completed your defense. All right, all right. Because you're rocking that nickel look. You've got two edge rushers, two defensive tackles, two linebackers, three corners, two safeties. So you have completed your uh, defense. Now I get to wait on defense. So now I either get to take a guard that takes away the only center available on the board for you. I can take the top quarterback remaining, and I can wait on defense. So I am in a very advantageous position at the moment. I, and by the way, like when we get to Ngakwe, I actually agree slight or agree with you and then slightly disagree with you. Okay. Uh, it's hard because the guards that are left, I mean, there's, there's one that started a lot that's never gotten high praise. There's one that signed with the Bengals, who's, you know, center guard combo. There's one that plays for the Eagles, one that played for the Packers. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of pigeonholed here. I just want to see more or less what happens. I'm going to take Ted Cross. Okay. At guard. Is that not who you were going to take at center? That's nope. That's disappointing because that's who I thought you were going to take it at center. But uh, he's he played for uh, – he, he did not start a lot during his career at the beginning, but Karras ended up starting 15 games for New England, going to Miami for a year, starting 16 games, and then going back to New England, started 13 of 17 games. He just signed a contract with the Bengals uh, to be to kind of solidify their interior of their of their line. There are other guys, but I was just trying to make a strategic play, and uh, I whiffed. So let me know who you're who you got. No, you you were you had the right idea. It was the same situation. A guy that has experience at both of them, um, and it, I, I'm glad because that was going to be my backup plan. Was was the guy that you just mentioned? So I'm going to go with Graham Glasgow. Uh, a guy that I completely missed Glasgow. Oh man, yeah. I'm kicking myself, dude. It, you're not the one that took Rodney Hudson over Kelsey. You're okay, buddy. No. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not kicking my. Yeah. yeah I, w- I wouldn't say it's that <laughs> level. No. Yeah, but um, once again, just another guy that's been solid. Uh, 82 games, but 78 starts out of those 82. Has has never really made a Pro Bowl. Never All Pro. Start, he came into the league as uh, as a guard, and then, or excuse me, he came into the league as yeah as a guard, and then got kicked over to center after after the Lions lost theirs due to free agency, and he started every single game at center for them, and then he came over to Denver where they had that center uh, situation kind of in place with Cushenberry, so he got kicked back out to guard again, but has that experience and has started every game, um, you know, since since his rookie year despite the you know he missed uh i think it was eight weeks his this last season due to uh injury reserve but other than that if he's healthy he's starting so um one of those players that's kind of just been able to stay relevant by being able to be healthy and be that body that's good enough to start yeah i ruined my own pick that was uh terrible no by me. <laughs> i i i really i really should have uh uh, looked at that because I actually do like Graham Glasgow a lot. Also, five days younger than me, so oh. that's interesting too. Uh, but no, you you totally you totally got it there. Um, so good good identification by you. Hey, thanks, my friend. So you and I are going to get to the position everybody's been waiting for. Yes, sir. Okay, there's one guy I think that most people would take here. 
I'm not that person. Oh, you're going to do it? <laughs> I'm going to take Carson Wentz. I see, this is why I waited, because I, I was like, there's no way you're sitting on this if you're not totally comfortable taking that guy. I th- I had all three of them on my board. I had Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Dak Prescott yeah. on my board. Uh, I actually think Jared Goff's a little underrated. I said this. When it came to Dak and it came to Carson Wentz, look, Dak was sixth in MVP his rookie year, but Carson was third in MVP his second year. And Carson, is, well, that year was so incredibly special. I didn't think I would see anything close to Aaron Rodgers, and that's as close as I've seen. And I, I'm being honest, like in terms of just like he had magic that year, like in, inside of him. It, it was the, it was the it's one of the best seasons from a quarterback that I've seen over the last decade. I thought he should have won MVP uh, that year, even though he got hurt. He was 11 and two as a starter. Uh, his career has obviously been just a seesaw since man. I can't no, nobody can take that. You know, no, nobody can say anything different, but. You know, he led the league in interceptions in 2020, but four out of the last five years, it's just he's had exactly seven interceptions from 2017 to 2019 and then 2021. Uh, I know everybody blamed him a lot for indie struggles and obviously the the last game of the year. I, I even watched that. He actually had some really insane throws, mm-hmm. but he's really been his own uh, – He's been his own detriment lately. I'm not sure how good of a teammate he is. Uh, but when it came to ceiling, I thought his 2017 was better than anything I've seen from Dak. And I think that as much as he'll lose you a game, I mean, we saw, we both saw that, that San Francisco-Dallas game. I just, I'm not, I, I, I don't think, you know, Carson Wentz probably could have imploded, but I think at least he takes more risk to win. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's Dak. Uh, but it, it, look, it's the my second to last pick, I think, in the draft, and I had to choose a quarterback eventually. And I just feel better with Carson. I think people would vote for you because Dak's name is safer, and you get that buzz. But you know, Dak's really stopped running, and he's always had this great wide receiver core. Mike McCarthy's been a great OC for him. I just don't think he's I, I don't think he's better than Carson. He might be like the same in a different way, but I just don't think he's better. No, Angelo, this is exactly why I wasn't taking because I was totally okay taking Carson Wentz because if you're talking about ceilings, I agree. There wasn't another quarterback on this that has that has touched the level that Carson Wentz has touched. If he doesn't get injured that season, he's the MVP. Zero questions about it. That was mm-hmm. one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And like one thing that everybody kind of forgets, like yes, he's not necessarily a running quarterback, but Carson Wentz' escapability is elite. It's one of the best in football. I have his ability to get out of some of these sacks is unreal. And even even like today, yes, the stats aren't like as insane. The highlight reel is not as insane. He's not the player he used to be, but he still has elite escapability. And now I I was oh see I'm and I would I have like liked Dak. I would have liked Dak more if he still ran the way he did at the beginning right. of his career. Like I looked up the numbers, the the yards are uh, only about two hundred yards difference, but the touchdowns it's crazy how many more Prescott has on the ground. But he just stopped running. I mean, like in his first 
four years, it was 282-6, In the last two years, it's 93-3 and 146-1. It's just like he was such a good dual-threat quarterback at Mississippi State, and he's completely neutered that out of his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I, I guess I'm just going to hop in and then take take Dak because – Angela, I was I truly truly thought you were gonna take Dak, but I'm I'm happy with him. That's why I waited because I was gonna take one of the two guys. I think you know we talk about peaks. Carson Wentz had had the best peak, but we talk about careers. Dak Prescott has had the best year. Now the 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 only thing to credit Carson Wentz, you know, he's never had near the offense. That wait, what did you just say? Who had the best year? No, Carson Wentz had the best year, but best career oh. was Dak Prescott. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I but, can I can agree with that. Yeah, but like you know, Dak, like the reason I was okay taking Carson was because he's never had like near the he's never had an Ezekiel Elliott, he never had C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. He did have and, Jonathan Taylor last year. Oh, true, true. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking of Eagle, but you know, like the the sheer dominance of offense, like Carson Wentz has not had that incredible trio, you know. So, but Dak Prescott mm-hmm. has statistically, ever since coming into the league, been on fire. And then, what was it? In 2019, he was barely 100 yards shy of 5,000 yards passing, and he had 30 touchdowns. And then, you know, the season after had that gruesome injury, but then was able to have an insane comeback and throw for 4.5 thousand yards, 37 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Like, are you kidding me? Even though Dak has kind of not. There's, like, the the thing about the Cowboys not being able to show up in the big games, you know. And they've never really been able to make it to that next step to, despite having such incredibly talented rosters. But if you want a guy that's going to go out and give you numbers every week, Dak Prescott can be that guy. Well, I mean, I would shout out to Jared Goff because I know a lot of people like to bury him. I don't think he's... I think he's actually talented. Like I even with Detroit last year, his accuracy is pretty insane. He did have a two year stretch with the Rams where he made two Pro Bowls, twenty eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, thirty two touchdowns, twelve interceptions. He was just really, really good under McVeigh, and then the wheels just kind of fell off for him. And uh, last year, nineteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, I, I know that Dan Campbell called him out like halfway through the season but by the end it seemed like that they were really into him so he's just he's just had a very odd career like right, jared I mean, goff heck, has. dude's been to a super bowl for crying out loud i know that defense dude has been crazy, to a super bowl that is yeah, true jared goff is definitely one of those players that uh gets a little more disrespect than he deserves i agree all right so i have two picks left and one of them is going to be the guy you do not like is yannick and mm. here's the thing i do think that he probably is a locker room like yeah, maybe not even like locker room I've been in a locker I've, I've been in I, I was in Jacksonville's locker room back in 2019 uh, because with the with the credential that I have you can go to uh, the home and the away team's locker room and they seem to really like the guy but he does seem to have a temperament about him that that is really off-putting but to say that he isn't the one of the best pass rushers in this class is, is disingenuous. I mean, he's he's played every single year and has not had less than eight sacks in a season. He's 8, 12, 9.5, 8, 8, 10. And I, I, saw, I was watching the Raiders last year, and especially that game against uh, Lamar in Baltimore. Dude, I, I got to tell you, he, 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 the way he bends the edge is really like one of those true pass rush specialist things. I think, I think he's a 
I think he's a phenomenal pass rusher, though I get your sentiments on why he frustrates you personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have to I have to disagree and agree with you at the same time. But I'm extremely happy to get Ngakwe. I think I might have had him as my second pass rusher on the board. I did, actually. I had him as my second one. So. No, and I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with the pick in the slightest. I, I 110%. I think it was a little bit of a recency bias to go with Ogba and just a little bit of personal opinion. But if you're talking, you know, best pass rusher available, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you because I, I don't disagree. So, Well, well this is this is it. This Complete. Is, yeah, I want to see what you do here. Wait, do I have one or two more? You have two more. Two more? All right. Well, I'm going to – I'm just going to – I'm going to make you guys wait. I'm going to take the obvious pick here. I'm going to make you wait for my you last rat. pick. <laughs> you rat. And I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott right now, just just so you guys have to wait, because I know Angelo sounded a little excited on who I was going to be picking up. But, you know, Zeke, despite, you know, all the criticism he's gotten the last couple of years and um, everybody's saying, Tony Pollard, give Tony Pollard the RB1 spot and stuff. Dude has been sick. He's been sick ever since coming into the league. I mean, his rookie year, 1,600 rushing yards and averaged over five yards a carry. Are you, I mean, are you kidding me? With 15 touchdowns, uh, it's unfortunate that pretty much, you know, every year after that, he's gotten worse. Uh, the season after, he only had 900 yards, but that was because he had 100 less carries than the season before. But other than that, every single year, he's had at least 980 yards in the NFL, and Every other one's been over a thousand. He has two two seasons under a thousand. Yet he's about twenty yards twenty yards away. So when it comes to just pure rushers, there's yeah, make all the jokes you want about Zeke. There's there's very few that have been better at doing it the last five and six years. So um, in his prime, in his prime, Zeke was truly one of the most dominant running backs I watched. I will never ever ever forget him in that college championship game against Oregon, dude. Oh my mm-hmm. God, that was so fun to watch. Yep, he, and and the thing with him too is that you can argue that that that's there's not a big difference in the careers of Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott. In fact, I mean, you know, with recency bias, that rookie year was special by him, and he was third in MVP that year, where wow. Derrick Henry does not have any MVP votes. Uh, so there, there's an argument that running back was the same as as quarterback that we could have waited and just taken who was better like or, or whoever was left because we both would have been happy with whoever. I guess I just been, I've been riding the Derrick Henry wave in a real way. And I think that I, I think as good as Ezekiel Elliott was, I do think that Derrick Henry's more dynamic. I, I agree. And it, it's funny, like both quarterbacks, I think you got the guys that have had absolutely the best ceiling, but maybe if you, if you're looking at it, just on a sheet across career, I maybe have the more complete career, but your guys is absolutely, you know, ceiling and career. You got it. I like how you've been, uh, you know, joining teammates like Prescott and Elliott, and you got uh, Campbell and Jones playing yeah. together. I kind of liked what you've done there. Yeah, you've put me in a corner, but I'm okay with taking this guy. I'm going to take William Jackson the third, just because I, I do think that when he was in Cincinnati that he was a – a legit number one corner. I, I think that he's maybe I overrate him, and that's fine. I, I I don't mind to have preference. He's never really was a ball hawk ever. I don't think he had a season with more than two interceptions. But I just remember with his athleticism, especially coming out of uh, Houston uh, in college, 
he he really was very fast. He had great size uh, for a cornerback, and I just thought that when he was healthy and he was in his prime before he left for Washington, he could really uh, he he could stick to number one guys and it not be it not be too bad. So to get him as like my slot corner, I'm pretty happy with. No, absolutely, and I I can see why. Uh, why you were a little shocked when I didn't take him with any of my three corners because you know he never was really that statistical guy but was you know just good enough to be able to stay on the field and like you said kind of cover those ex receivers and stuff so I'm happy with my secondary I bet you're really happy with yours I mean you have Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. in the mix so <laughs> um, yeah this is going to be a fight to the end so are you going two tight ends or three wide receivers the moment we've all been waiting for the moment we've all been waiting for I'm going three wide receivers. I'm going three wide mm-hmm. receivers. And I'm going to take a guy that I truly thought was going to like come into his own, explode on the scene, and honestly I thought was going to take over as like a number one receiver spot, and that's Sterling Shepard. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought after OBJ left that it was Sterling Shepard's time to shine, and there was games where he, Sterling Shepard would go off for like a buck fifty and two touchdowns, and it'd be like, who the heck is this guy, you know? Um, but, he, you know, he's he's just always been kind of a a good number two receiver he doesn't have the full capability of being that number one that they maybe wanted him to turn into and that's why they brought in you know Kenny Galladay but um, these giant receivers just really really struggle with production and so I mean I'm not joking last year uh, I, I think he was the only receiver to catch a touchdown pass for the Giants the and Woof. yeah and they have the most expensive receiving room in football I, you know prior to this season but um he was i think the the only you know other than Kadarius Tony who um highlight reel wise was a bright spot on that team Sterling Shepard was kind of a spot of consistency and i think was absolutely the best receiver left on this board um i really wanted to go with my boy Rashard Higgins i mean CSU and Cleveland Browns that one was tough yeah, you to must stay have away field from. Day. That one was tough to stay away from, but I think Sterling Shepard, what he's accomplished in his career, kind of dwarfs what Richard Higgins has. All right, let's do our final teams for Team Angelo offense. Quarterback Carson Wentz, running back Derrick Henry, wide receivers Robbie Anderson on the outside, Tyler Boyd and Will Fuller. I'll put Tyler Boyd in the slot, put Will Fuller on the other outside, move him around. Tyler Higby at tight end. Ronnie Stanley and Taylor Decker at left and right tackle. Joe Tooney and Ted Karras at my guards. And Ryan Kelly at center. On defense, my my interior nose tackle, DJ Reader. My three-tech, Chris Jones, with Joey Bosa at left end and Yannick Ngakwe at right end. At my two linebackers for my nickel defense, I have Miles Jack and Corey Littleton. At cornerback, I have Jalen Ramsey on the boundary. Xavier Howard outside, put William Jackson inside. And then at my safeties, Keanu Neal and Kevin Byard. All righty. On my roster, I got Dak Prescott at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott at running back. Receivers, I have Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, and Sterling Shepard. Tight end, I have Austin Hooper. My tackles, I have Jack Conklin and Laramie Tunsil. Guards, Cody Whitehair and Connor McGovern. Center, Graham Glasgow. At my edge rushers, I have Matt Judon and Emmanuel Agba. At defensive tackle... DeForest Buckner and Kenny Clark. My linebackers, I have Devondre Campbell and Deion Jones. At my uh, cornerbacks, I have James Bradbury, Eli Apple, and Mike Hilton running that nickel defense. And then my safeties, I have Justin Simmons and Vaughn Bell. All right, so before we leave, we have to vote who had the best draft. I would say this is the most even one. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, this is like flip a coin and I'm... (laughs) 
I'm I really like your offensive firepower, like with Hill, Thomas, Elliott, Prescott leading it, like Hooper a lot. Uh, I I do think that that's extremely solid of an offense. I do think that my defense is yeah, really good. Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, Kevin Byard. I mean, that's ball hawk on ball hawk on ball hawk. Yeah, I mean, my defense matches up really well against what you're doing. And then offensively, I like how I I built my my line like in the terms of it's Derrick Henry centric, but I think the receiving core complements each other. Mm-hmm. I think that the way we built it is that your strengths are countered by my strengths mm-hmm. and my weaknesses are countered by your weaknesses. Right. Like your cornerback core isn't very good, but my wide receiver core isn't very good. So, so it's like it washes. Do we, so our strengths, I would say at this point, kind of cancel each other out because I feel like you have the best of the best secondary. I can have the best of the best receiving core, you know, who's, whose weakness is stronger, I guess, in that sense. I mean, we might actually have our first tie because I think you would probably vote for you and I would vote for me. And we may have to make the ultimate tiebreaker at the 2017 draft. Dude, I'm down. I'm down for that. And then we could we can throw this uh, this team on Twitter or something and have our fans vote. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I, I will. I, I don't want to do call either a, of us any injustice. I, w- I want to. I see. hate that we would tie after right. going through an entire draft. Especially but how I much feel like that this team talking. would stalemate each other. <laughs> no, right? I mean, this is quadruple overtime, dude. I don't know. All right. Well, let's. Do you, do you have a pick? Do you, do you have a strong feeling either way? Uh, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't. I, I, I don't because I, I, I don't want to I don't like, I love your offense of like I really do but I don't I think that like I said what you're strong at I mean even even having like DJ reader and Chris Jones on the inside I mean I have monsters on defense like Bosa and Gawkway Jones reader Jack Ramsey Howard in itself and Byard I mean that's to me like eight pretty like like Littleton Neil Jackson to me that's my that's my weakness of my defense. Like my my eighth best defender is Kevin Byard or or Miles Jack or Ionic Ngakwe. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Gosh, that's so my defense is just absolutely stacked. But then you trying to stop Derrick Henry, you've got Buckner and Clark, and then at the middle or you know if it goes out into the scrim game, you got Campbell and Jones. That's. That I'm that would sick. be a game. That that'd be such a fun game to watch. <laughs> oh man, I'm sick right now, Angelo. All right. Well, I'll I'll I will. I don't know. You should vote for my team, and I'll vote for yours. I, don't know <laughs> I know you don't want to though. You really think that Tyreek and Thomas is where it's at? When even though Ramsey and Howard are got, out there, you, so dude, you got some dogs, man. You got some dogs. You know what? Here, I. I agree that your defense is better put together than mine. And your your offense has been built very complimentary. I'll say this right now. I will give you the ever so slightest edge, but I am going to throw this team on Twitter. I'm going to get as many anonymous, uh, anonymous uh, votes as we can. You know, nobody will know whose team is who while I'm showing it to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come back on our next show with with, uh, with a okay. better result. I, I- I vote for yours because in terms of a tie, who has the best player and Tyree kills the best player. I think that, I think that he's the chess piece. You don't actually ever stop Tyree kill and it'll allow the rest of your offense to just go. And I mean, it's funny, the first pick in the draft, having it, it determined who I thought was the winner. So there we go. 
That, now we can now we can be happy we Todd. <laughs> all right. Well, Angelo, like I said, I'm going to I'm going to be asking all around and I'm I'll keep it honest with you because I'm I'm curious, man. I'm really curious, but I have I know won. you think you what you think you won. That's okay. <laughs> so you might have won this round, but it's literally just because of how even it was. Oh, not absolutely. not because you did anything. It's just because you were gifted the first pick. Yeah, it was So it was we'll see what like, happens next week, buddy boy. All right. And what what we got what year next? 2007 all right all right i'm excited for it well it is a it is a it is a great draft but not at the quarterback position buddy. <laughs> it is it is it is crazy you are going to have to have depth everywhere and a serious plan going into that one it, it's gonna and be, i will have the first overall pick in that one yes so that'll be fun absolutely and that's gonna completely change how i approach it so I'm super excited to get in that one, but Angelo, I had one heck of a time doing this, even though it was, I mean, about as even as you could possibly get. It came down to the name of one player, so uh, thank you so much for being on today, my friend. It, it was a pleasure going head-to-head with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Can find, you, you can find me at Angelo Media Lex. That's A-N-G-E-L-O Media L-E-X, all one word. And you can find me at Bolin Brendan. That's Bolin and Brendan with an A. And then if you wanted to follow our collective Twitter, where we'll probably end up posting these teams, is at NFL Draft Blitz. So, Angelo, it, it was a pleasure, my friend. It's a pleasure mm-hmm. always being able to talk to you guys and, and do these fun types of shows. And we'll be back later on in the week. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Blitzcast.